Welcome to the Checkpoint Charlie podcast. Please download, share, like, do whatever you do with a great little podcast throughout the day. I certainly would appreciate it. While you're at it, make sure you tune in to News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas, each weekday, 3 to 7, for the Charlie James Show. I'm your host, Charlie James, or should I say, James. Charlie James. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You have lived long enough to become the villain. In Batman, there is that quote that said, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Well, congratulations again. You are now the villain. In fact, you are now a new Bond villain. That's right. We all grew up with the James Bond novels and the James Bond movies and all of that. And we're uh, quite versed in all of the James Bond villains like Dr. No and, uh, and all of the others, the Gru agents, Auric Goldfinger. We all know about those people. But now you, you are actually a Bond villain. You see, there's a brand new Bond novel out that is written by a guy named Charlie Higson, uh, the great Charlie Higson. He was the author of the Young Bond novels, and he has now got a brand new James Bond novel out. I want to read to you just a little bit about the villain. The villain's name is Burkett. He's an ex-Tory member of parliament, famous for, are you ready? Famous for promoting COVID vaccine, mask-wearing 5G conspiracy theories, which had spilled over into the usual anti-immigrant, anti-EU, anti-BBC, anti-MSM, anti-cultural, Marxist climate change denial pronouncements. It was at an anti-trans, it was, it was an anti-trans diatribe that had eventually gotten him kicked out of the party and he'd soon after set up the new Freedom Party. Bond was struck by something. It was a long while since he'd been in any type of function that was all, oh my gosh. Give me a puke break, if you will. This, this is, so, so you're telling me the new Bond victim is a villain just because he doesn't believe in all the COVID scare tactics that were propagated throughout the world, just because he might have questions about the vaccines, just because he might have questions about whether or not a mask might, wearing a mask might actually be effective to stopping COVID. And what about 5G? There's plenty of people out there that have concerns about 5G. And then let's talk about the anti-immigrant stance. Well, we all know that England has been overrun with foreign immigrants that have literally set up ghettos all throughout London, even including no-go zones. Portions of London where the police will not even go. Why? Because they're vastly outnumbered by the immigrant population. And then so let's talk about the anti-EU. You mean to tell me that 75% of the British people who voted, to, or the English people who voted to leave the, the European Union, they were all villains too? And of course, you've got the anti-BBC crowd, and those people are justified because we know that the BBC, just like all of the networks here in the United States, well, they do nothing but promote all the propaganda. And then, of course, the mainstream media, the anti-cultural Marxist, the climate change denial pronouncements, those things make you a villain. 
you know what this guy's actually doing? You know what? I hope they make this into a movie. I really do. Whatever. And I don't even know the name of this new Bond um, uh, novel. But if they make it into a movie, I'm going to go see it. And I'm going to cheer for Burkett. I really am. I'm going to cheer for this guy because this guy sounds like a, like a real upstanding human being to me. Because I believe in just about everything that, Mark's, that, that, that Burkett believes in here. Now, I'm pretty sure they're going to paint him as a very nefarious uh, character in this, uh, in this novel. But really what this guy is saying, Higson, who wrote the novel, is that if you dare question, if you question the government's take on anything, you are a villain. That's right. We have become villains. So let's think about this for just a second. And by the way, I'm surprised that in this novel they left out the pro-life stance as well. It, it'll probably show up somewhere, I'm pretty sure. It's just not in this one paragraph. So let's just say you are pro-life. Let's just say that you are for protecting the unborn. You are a villain. Bum, bum, bum. Let's say you have questions about covid this virus that had a 99.7% survival rate and why everybody was falling all over themselves over it. Why maybe, uh, maybe you had questions about why you were, were taking COVID patients and putting them in old folks' homes with the most vulnerable people around us. Maybe you questioned that. Maybe you questioned why you couldn't have church services but you could go to big box stores. Maybe you question why mom and pop shops were shut down, but some stores were allowed to stay open. Maybe you even thought, what does this whole six feet social distancing thing actually do anyway? Well, that makes you a villain, according to this guy. And, and then let's just say, Maybe you question the mask, and we've talked about this extensively in one of the other uh, podcasts, but if you even question the mask, even like Dr. Fauci said you shouldn't be wearing a mask, then you're a villain. Then you get to immigration. What we are seeing right now in the United States of America, and I don't care what Mayorkas says, and I don't care what Corinne Jean-Pierre says, I don't care what the mainstream media says, we do not have a secure border here in the United States. People are streaming across our southern border. Our border, uh, the border wall, actually had storm doors on it that were able to be opened and closed. Well, the Biden administration under Mayorkas has now welded them in the open position. So we literally, effectively, have no border. There is no border wall. And people are coming across in droves. Even even the mayors of some cities like New York with Eric Adams, even the mayors of Chicago and Washington, D.C., they are all really complaining about all of the illegal immigrants that are coming into their cities. Now, notice something. They didn't give a rat's ass about Brownsville and Eagle Pass and about uh, Yuma, Arizona, when they were being overrun with illegal immigrants. But once they hit their soil, once they hit the soil of these so-called sanctuary cities, then all of a sudden they got upset. But you, you are the villain.
Ron DeSantis takes some immigrants and he puts them on a bus and he sends them up to Martha's Vineyard, one of the lily whitest neighborhoods, uh, communities in all of America and one of the wealthiest, I might add. And he was labeled a villain. However, when the people in Martha's Vineyard then put these same immigrants on buses and got them out of there in 48 hours, uh, they were known as gracious hosts. How in the hell does that happen? I don't get it. I really don't. We have allowed the left to define us. And when I say we, I mean the GOP leadership has allowed the left to define us. And they have defined us as villains. I want to talk about a great James Bond moment. Let's take you back a couple of months to the red speech by Joe Biden. Oh, we all remember it. He was standing there with the Marine guards to his left and to his right in this podium, the cameras looking up at him. Everything was bathed in red and black. It looked like fire and brimstone. It really did. It looked like it looked like uh, the only thing Joe Biden was missing was really a funny little mustache. And he would have been an absolute wonderful doing a wonderful impersonation of a dictator, although I don't believe it is an impersonation. I really believe that's what he wants. And he stood up at that podium, brimmed in fiery red, and he said that conservative Americans were a threat to this country. We are a threat. We're an existential threat to this country. If you have conservative beliefs, again, we'll go back to it, you are a villain. And who is out there? I mean, who is out there screaming on our behalf. There was a letter that Mark Sanford wrote to the New York Times. I just, that, and it still, it just sticks in my craw when I think that this man, this, this worm of a man, wrote a letter to the New York Times, one of the most liberal rags in the country, slamming Donald Trump and his policies. Now, he could have gone to anybody. He could have gone to any publication, but he chose, he chose to go to, to the New York Times. And my response to his, to him, he wrote that open letter, and I wrote a letter back to Mark Sanford, and I said, you know what, Mark, here's the deal. When Donald Trump came along, conservatives were missing something. Conservatives were missing a cheerleader. Conservatives were missing a champion, somebody who would take up the banner and say, listen, guys, I'm headed into the breach. Follow me. Because at the time and still to this day, we don't have a whole lot of conservatives doing that. Oh, yes, they're getting up there and they're saying, oh, please vote for me and I promise I will do this and I promise I'll do that. And then once they get elected, they do none of what they promised. But what Donald Trump did was say, I am going to go to Washington and I'm going to make you win. And boy, did he. We enjoyed for a period of time one of the best economies this world has ever seen. Everybody was making money. Everybody was doing better. Everybody certainly doing, was certainly doing better than they're doing right now. I just read a report from an outfit called Doxo. 
And they've done a 2023 report on household bills as a percentage of income in the United States. Now, the report compares the percentage of household incomes local residents spend on bills for each of the 50 states, including here in South Carolina. Now, while the average U.S. household spends 35 percent of income on bills, the data found out that South Carolina households spend 40 percent of their income on household bills. And here in Greenville County, we spend 44% of our income on household bills. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, we also read a report not long ago that the average household here in America is spending over $740 more this year than they did just two years ago. But if you complain about it, but if you get upset about it, if you dare to question some of the policies that are being enacted, once again, we got to go back to it. You are a victim because you don't go along with the narrative that the White House is putting out. You know you're spending too much money. They know you're spending too much money, but they're trying to gaslight you into thinking that maybe there's something wrong with your thinking. Maybe you're just too greedy or just too selfish. They actually tried to do this, and I'm not even joking about this. They tried to come out just a couple days ago. I guess it's been a couple of weeks ago now. And they tried to say that the reason that things cost more now than they did just a couple of years ago is because, are you ready? The quality of the products has gone up. That's right. It, it, it's, not that the, it's not that the products, products cost more, uh, per se. It's that the quality of these products are so much better now that, of course, you're going to spend more money than you used to. They actually tried to come out and say that. That is the, that is the BS that they're throwing out right in front of you. And the mainstream media completely willing to go along with it. Now, listen, if you're a, I don't know, if you're a, 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 a network anchor and you've got a multi-million dollar contract, well, maybe the products that you buy are of a higher quality these days. But the average American? No, you're just not seeing it. In fact, not only do we have, have inflation, we've got shrinkflation. The quality that we are getting is less than it was two years ago. But again, if you complain, if you go against a narrative, you are a villain. But again, where's the folks in the House? Where, where were the Republicans in the Senate? Where are even our, our, our so-called conservative television networks? They seem to have gone by the wayside as well. It is getting really hard to hear good conservative voices on television these days. It's getting harder and harder, scarcer and scarcer, because they're being browbeaten as well. Their management, while they may be conservatives, the anchors, um, the management is not. They are not conservatives. We know at Fox, all the, the, uh, the, the Murdoch ladies, they're, they're running the show, and, and they're not conservative at all. Any, comp any television network that would have Paul Ryan on their board of directors, you know, is certainly not conservative. So that's where we are right now. You 
the person that gets up, goes to work, pays your taxes, does the right thing, keeps up with your bills, tries to send your kids to good school, goes to soccer practice, goes to football practice, they're now labeling you as a villain just because you don't toe the line. This is the Checkpoint Charlie podcast.